Friday, November 12th, 2021. Today, from your news team, Grand Theft Auto 6 has been canceled, some more information from Activision and Blizzard, and a slew of updates into 2023 and beyond. This is the Culture Jack News Desk. This is the Culture Jack News Desk here on the Culture Jack Podcast. I'm your host, Dustin. Welcome back. Welcome back to the show. This is a very bizarre show for me. It is the second show that I have released today. So the Culture Jack News Desk, if you are listening to this on the day of release, maybe you were desperate for it yesterday. Maybe you were like, where is the news desk? But if you have been following this podcast for any length of time, and more specifically, you have been following the shows that I do for any length of time, you will know that on occasion I get hung up and I maybe don't release an episode. So I'm I'm happy that no one has reported me missing, lost, or stolen when I am in absentia (laughs) like I was yesterday. But this is the second episode today. Uh, You did get a episode, yes, not yesterday, this morning. You got an episode that I recorded last night with my brother Logan. It was his, his explanation of what the Wheel of Time series is most likely going to be about being a big fan of the books as he is. He kind of gave me an explainer and you who listened an explainer on the wheel of time series. And so we don't go into that thing blind. It was kind of a, kind of like we do with the MCU primers, but with uh, the wheel of time, then hopefully the next high fantasy epic that we get kind of in the same vein as game of Thrones, but that's not what this show is. This show is the news desk, and you know here on the news desk we talk about video game news. We talk about the video game industry. We talk about games that we are looking forward to play and things that are affecting those games that we are looking forward to play. So we'll just jump right into it with the news. All right, the first headline I have here is from GamingBolt.com. Fortnite's Chinese servers are shutting down. Now, I can't remember, last week I did a... Very, very brief, very quick episode where I hadn't prepared anything, but I did want to talk a little bit about, you know, just a couple of things to get get you going, keep you keep you going for the week, keep you in line for the Friday show and the OTE and the Weekend Wire and all those. So I don't remember if I talked about this, but Fortnite is shutting down their servers in China now. Tencent, the the publisher behind Fortnite. They have a lot of other venues and sources of revenue beyond Fortnite and Fortnite is it was not doing well over there because of, you know, strict censorship rules and a lot of the skins and emotes needed to be changed over there. Uh, And not to say that that's a, a huge programming hurdle that could not have been overcome. Uh, It just doesn't seem like that's one that Epic uh, Fortnite and then Tencent were uh were willing to continue continue on red dead redemption one there was a remaster in the works or there is a remaster in the works and this is a rumor uh coming on the heels of the release of the grand theft auto definitive trilogy which would be cool uh red dead redemption one 
was a fine game by all accounts. I never finished it. It was too big for me. Similarly for Red Dead Redemption. Oh, Red Dead, you're too, you're too big. You're too much. Uh, Grand Theft Auto 6. Here's another rumor. I, I think there was, um, it wasn't a leak. It was an interview. Maybe it was a leak from Take-Two Interactive because we got a lot of information from Take-Two Interactive, which I believe is like the mothership to Rockstar. Uh, but Grand Theft Auto 6 development was rebooted in 2020. So that means that they were actively developing Grand Theft Auto 6. So Red Dead Redemption 2 released at the end of the previous generation console lifecycle. So we could probably expect a Grand Theft Auto 6 to release near the end of this generation's lifecycle. So these, these consoles are, what, a year old? So I'm thinking we may get Grand Theft Auto 6 in like five or six, five or six years Maybe Call of Duty Vanguard won't have an exclusive game mode on PlayStation 5 and PlayStation 4. Now, I didn't know this because I'm not a Call of Duty guy. Anthony might have known this, uh, but other recent Call of Duty entries had PlayStation exclusive game modes. Uh, but this new one will not. And I don't like that anyway. I think I think if you're going to release a game, release the, the whole ass game. I, I mean exclusives and timed exclusives are a whole conversation aside. I don't feel like you should be releasing the same game with at least if you, if you have exclusive game modes, there should be commiserate game modes for the other consoles that it's released on. Um, otherwise I'm not going to buy your game. I had the same problem with the Avengers and the exclusivity with the Spider-Man character that was going to be added to the, the Sony version, but not the Microsoft version. I don't, I don't like it. I do, I do enjoy when Microsoft gets some exclusives, though, and I get to rub it in, rub it in people's faces. I'm not rubbing it in anyone's faces. I don't know anyone with a PlayStation. Like, I don't, I don't slum in those parts of town. Resident Evil 3 remake sales hits 4.6 million, while Resident Evil 2 remake was at 8.9 million. Uh, Resident Evil 7 Biohazard has also sold 10.2 million units becoming Capcom's second best-selling title of all time after Monster Hunter World. Apex Legends has a new season out, season 11. Uh, it is, it's titled Escape. I And I did get back into Apex Legends. I downloaded, uh, shit, I probably had 70 gigabytes worth of update to download, but I did. And I downloaded the update and I got back into a couple games of Apex and had a blast. The new map, Stormpoint, is so much fun. The new character, Ash, I played her for one or two rounds only before I went back to my my beautiful boy, Pathfinder. Um, but the new, new map is very good. It's very dynamic. Uh, a lot of verticality in this map. Um, I'm, I'm thinking maybe... As much as some of the areas in Kings Canyon, um, and definitely more than uh, Olympus, and definitely more than World's Edge. But it's like a beach map. And they, they came out with a cool trailer. Uh, the, and this is a while ago. The, the news that I'm reading from here is uh, a little a little bit ago. So they're talking about the trailer, and there was a, a trailer with Ash and Mirage. 
was on the beach and he was dreaming of all of them just hanging out on the beach, having a good time. Then they all start getting slaughtered and then he wakes up and then they all actually are slaughtered. And Ash is like, come on, let's go. And Ash, I think I talked about it in a previous episode, is a returning character from the Titanfall universe. So she was a bad guy in Titanfall 2 and she has since returned her mind has been restarted and there's some history between her and the character horizon. I can't remember her name. Dr. Summers, maybe I'm thinking of X-Men now because Disney plus just had Disney plus day. And I'm sure Anthony was, is going to talk all about Disney plus day on uh, the weekend wire this Sunday where he talks about the movie news. I'm very excited. Like moon Knight, she honk. Come on, come on. This is going to be so, Oh, that's what I was thinking of was X-Men 97. They're continuing the animated series that Anthony and my brother and myself grew up on in the 90s. So I'm very excited about that, very jacked. Uh, you could almost say that I'm culture jacked about it. I'm a culture jack off anyway. League of Legends game reaches a collective 180 million collective uh, or active players. Holy cow. That is a lot of people not just playing a game, but that are active within that community. And I think League of Legends has that new anime that is out on Netflix right now, Arcane. I have not watched it. I know nothing of, of the lore of League of Legends, but it is very popular. So I'm, I'm looking forward to taking a peek at that on, uh, on Netflix. Marvel's Avengers will stop selling XP boosters for real money. Uh, so this is, man, this game has just gotten, just run through the, the trenches here. Um, I don't think that's a real idiom. I don't think that's a, a real saying. So let's see, let's see. There's, um, the developer said, quote, we apologize for not responding sooner to your concerns about the addition of paid consumables in the marketplace. We introduced them as an option for an evolving player base and did not see them as pay to win since they don't offer power directly. <clears throat> this article describes, though, heroes catalysts essentially provide increased XP while fragment extractors can be used to earn in-game currency for upgrades. Now, if you didn't understand any of that, you're not alone. I have no idea what they're talking about, but it seems like a pay to win scheme. And they tried this. Who else tried this? It was, I got, I think it was a call of duty game that tried. It might've been a battlefield, but I know EA is notorious for it. Battlefront is notorious uh, for it. These pay to win mechanics are not only, enticing to these developers because they know that people with extra cash are going to, to spill, spill their, <laughs> spill their bank accounts into these games in order to get an edge on their competition. But they're only going to take them away when there's blowback or pushback. They're not going to remove these organically. These are going to be there and they're going to continue to be used and exploited. Um, I guess as, as games go more, more toward a pay-to-play uh, type service, which I mean, many of them are already. They're they're paid games, but the DLC, the skins, and the pay-to-win mechanics, the loot box mechanics on top of it, are are a, it's it's a trend I don't like. 
It's a trend I don't like. Diablo 4 and Overwatch 2 have both been delayed. Um, it doesn't say why they've been delayed. Uh, it, most likely they use coronavirus as the scapegoat for this and the ongoing pandemic. But more to more truthfully, it's probably because of the ongoing scandal at Activision Blizzard. Netflix games are announced launches for Android today. They're launching with five games with no additional cost to Netflix subscribers. So you, if you have an Android phone, please check this, check this out because I cannot, I am a, I'm a, I'm an Apple guy. I got the iOS. So I do not have Netflix games yet, but as soon as they make this service available for iOS, I will be giving it my best shot. Uh, my best shot. What do you, what am I talking about? I can download things. I'm not a complete incompetent. The service currently offers a selection of five games, stranger things, 1984, stranger things, three, the game shooting hoops, card blast and teeter up. Now, at least the last two or three even sound very mobile. They sound like very mobile games. And I'm sure that's partially the way they are intended to be played. Uh, but it cracks me up that it's it's not like these big triple A games that you're thinking of when you think of this giant publishing company, this giant streaming service getting into the games market. So it, it, they they did not enter the gaming market. If these first five games are any indication with a bang, they entered with kind of a hi, guys, I'm ready to game. <laughs> uh, I'm not super impressed yet. But then again, I don't even get the opportunity to be because it's not available on the iOS device. Nintendo plans to produce 20% fewer switches for fiscal year doing, uh, due to the ongoing chip shortages. Let's see. The chip shortage will see Nintendo revise its planned sales for the Switch uh, to a total of 24 million units for the fiscal year. And that's kind of surprising because you can't find any consoles on the shelf right now, whether you're looking for a switch, a PlayStation five, an Xbox series, or even the previous generation consoles, PlayStation fours and Xboxes ones. I mean, people are buying these things up and, and that scarcity is only increased, uh, the demand, which then in turn increases the scarcity again, because people are like, well, if I see one, I got it. I got to get one. The one that you do see or you did see on the shelves was the Nintendo Switch. Like you'd go there and there'd be two or three Nintendo Switches at your local Walmart or Fred Meyer or wherever, wherever you shop. I mean, it makes sense because there, there are good games on the Nintendo Switch. There's just usually not those, those games. You know what I'm talking about? Like Far Cry 6. You're not going to, if you have an option to play that on a next generation console or on a PC, you're going to do that before you, uh, before you play it on the, the dinky little Nintendo Switch. Granted, there's only one place you can get Mario and only one place you can get Zelda. Um, but if you're looking for a big triple A experience, you're probably not going to pick up the Switch first. So it makes, it makes sense that those were uh, on the shelves, but if this if this uh, proves to be any indication, they are not going to be for much longer. So some Activision Blizzard news here. Activision Blizzard earned $1.2 billion in revenue from microtransactions. 
you would think, oh, that's in 2021 as a whole. You'd be mistaken. That was in the third quarter of 2021. Total revenue for the quarter ending September 30th, 2021, totaled $2.07 billion. Uh, it says, but monthly active users remained stagnant. So what that tells me, the layman, you have the same amount of users, yet you are pulling more and more money from them. That means to me, again, the layman, that you have become more aggressive and more predatory in your microtransactions, in your, in your pay to win, in your skins, in your loot boxes, and so on and so forth. I hate it. I hate this trend that we're we're headed toward. Other Activision Blizzard news. Blizzard Entertainment co-lead Jen O'Neill leaves after just three months in the role. Um, so if you recall, the leadership at Activision Blizzard was given the boot, and we had these two new folks come in to lead it. We had Jen O'Neill and Mike Yabara. And by all accounts, uh, I've heard, at least from the industry insiders that I trust that Mike Yabara is a good, good guy. Um, I don't know anything about Jen O'Neill. However, her leaving after three months could be an indication that there's still a lot of problems at Activision Blizzard. It could be an indication that she is not really the one to fix these problems, or maybe she was unable to fix these problems, or it could just be she went in there to square things up with Mike. They, they got things square and, now she's out. Uh, so it could be something, you know, very, very nondescript, very, uh, I guess, not spicy or enticing at all. Uh, but yeah, she's she's out. Activision Blizzard, I hope they're getting their act cleaned up. But I say that essentially every week that I do this podcast. Insomniac Games here, uh, they said developers need to be more creative within constraints to avoid uh, crunch. Now, <clears throat> they recently did Ratchet and Clank, uh, a rift apart, and they said there had been no crunch at all. And so one of the things that they did, who was it? Uh, Insomniac Games CEO Ted Price said that throwing money and manpower at situations demanding crunch isn't as effective of a solution as being, quote, more creative within constraints. Uh, he said... Quote, we face those choices all the time in the games industry. I think the default is to brute force the problem. In other words, to throw money or people at it. But that can actually cause more chaos and affect well-being, which goes against that balance. The harder, and in my opinion, more effective solution is to be more creative within constraints. Now, I mean, typically as a general rule of thumb, sometimes the harder thing is the better thing to do. It is oftentimes the more effective things to do. So they questioned him about that. And he, he, according to this article from Gaming Bolt, had an answer ready for them. He said a planned boss fight in Marvel Spider-Man against Dr. Octopus that would move through, through the, throughout the entire city and destroy half of New York in the process According to Price, having to work within the constraints that restricted them from crafting that boss fight meant Insomniac had to come up with an alternate scenario, which, in Price's view, turned out to be better than the original. Quote, originally, we were going to have a boss, uh, a boss battle that took, took you all over New York City, and it was way out of scope, he said. The temptation is to just brute force it put our heads down and run through the brick wall. But the team took a step back and thought about what was important to the players. 
And that was the breakdown of the relationship between Peter and his former mentor, mentor, Dr. Octavius. They rethought the fight and realized they didn't need to destroy half of New York to pay off that relationship. In fact, it would have worked against what we were going for. As a result, the final battle is much more up and close and personal and has a far bigger emotional impact than planned. And it fit within the time that we had. Uh, so I've got a couple of opinions about this. Yes, I think it is. I think it's great that this development team found a way to make uh, maybe not the game that they had initially envisioned, but a game that satisfied their artistic vision. And I think it's cool that they did it without pushing their team to the limits. I think that's all awesome. However, I'm not so sure that a giant battle through New York City with a raging Dr. Octavius destroying parts of the city would not have been amazing. That sounds so cool. So allow me, Mr. Price, to present to you an alternative to this uh, working creatively within your constraints. I don't think that there needs to be crunch time. I don't think that you need to keep people away from their friends and their family and their social lives and their mental well-being and their their sleep that they very well need in order to perform for you and for us, the audience as well. And then at the same time, I don't think those sacrifices need to be made in game. I think it is a two pronged approach uh, with expectations and us as an audience, we need to temper our expectations to make sure that we know going into the thing that, yeah, this might take a year or two longer than it would have otherwise. And then the, the publishing house and the manage, managers behind that development studio need to also temper their expectations and expand their timelines. So we get the quality of games that we're looking for we get the the reduced crunch time so we're not making anyone suffer we just maybe have to wait a little bit longer and i i mean that is a a constant struggle i'm sure between a a give and take between shareholders and managers and stakeholders and developers and publishers I just think that's the best solution for everyone. Uh, granted, we won't get as many AAA games as often as we do, but we'll be able to feel good about the industry that we love and support at the same time uh, as still getting to enjoy these really good games. And I, I like, you know, them finding a creative solution to a problem as well. Microsoft CEO unveils plans for metaverses for games like Halo, and Minecraft. Now, th this metaverse thing is something that r really kicked off here in the last couple of weeks with Mark Zuckerberg announcing the the name change of the Facebook company to Meta, and then introducing the metaverse, where you'll be able to have team meetings in your VR headsets, and the advertisement. I, I've got all kinds of things to say on that. We'll we'll do a separate podcast episode about the metaverse at some point but microsoft after that announcement announced that they were going to have a metaverse and this sounds like uh more along the lines of that announcement where they're going to have specifically stuff going on for some of their franchise ips in that metaverse like halo and minecraft now minecraft i could see minecraft i could see being a very engaging very immersive uh type of metaverse 
Marvel's Midnight Suns has been delayed to the second half of 2022, so if you're looking forward to that, it's coming out a little later. Battlefield 2042's open beta had 7.7 million players, which is good because those lobbies are huge, right? It's like 64-man teams or 32-man teams or something. It's That's going to be wild. I'm looking forward to that one very much. Shovel Knight Dig has been delayed to 2022, and Scrap Knight has been revealed. Mario Kart 8 Deluxe has sold 38.74 million units, and Animal Crossing has sold 34.85 million units. Good Lord, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. That game has had almost as long of a lifespan as Skyrim, as Grand Theft Auto 5. Good Lord, they keep selling that game. Nintendo Switch has sold 92.87 million units worldwide. I believe it has just passed or is nearing uh, getting ready to pass the Nintendo Wii or the GameCube. I mean, it's still relatively early in the Nintendo Switch's life. Uh, I think I had had another headline about that. The uh, president of Nintendo said that we were about halfway through the Nintendo Switch's life cycle, which I don't, I, gosh, it's such a great console. It's mobile, it's um, it's portable, but it's also like a, a home console as well. Elden Ring gameplay showcases exploration, stealth, Stormvale Castle, and more. I watched this, uh, this trailer for Elden Ring. This is a pretty game, man. Uh, a lot of people said that the environment is kind of empty for, it's like an open world Dark Souls kind of game. Uh, and though the environment is very pretty, there is not a lot in the environment aside from, you know, going up to things and killing them. So we'll, we'll see about that. I'm excited for this game. Like there's, it's so, it's such a pain in the butt because I have a lot of games that I want to play. I just don't have the time to play them. Like, I feel like that guy in the Twilight Zone. Do you remember the guy where he he wanted to do nothing but read? That's all he wanted to do, just read books. And then the apocalypse happened, and everyone was gone. Everyone was dead, but he made it out alive, and he's walking down the street, and he goes to the library, and he goes, now I've got time. I've got time to read. And he's got his glasses, and he drops his glasses, and his glasses break. And he's like, no, I had time. I had nothing but time, but now he can't see. Now he can't read. I feel like that guy, like I've got the money to buy the games. Now I have made it to a place in my life where I could get any game that I want on release day. I just don't have the time. Just no time. Uh, take two <laughs> plans on releasing over 60 games before April, 2024. And they said over 23 of these will be quote immersive core games, uh, in addition to those, there will also be nine re-releases and remasters. So that Red Dead Redemption 1 rumor seems completely on point at this point. So digging into the article a little bit of these five uh, of these um, 23 immersive core games, five have been officially announced uh, NBA 2K22. WWE 2K22, Tiny Tina's Wonderland, very, very much looking forward to that, Marvel's Midnight Suns, and Kerbal Space Program. Um, let's see. 
Uh, a new Bioshock game is currently in development. Oh, cool. I love Bioshock. Uh, IP Mafia developer Hangar 13 um, has been canceled. A new IP that Mafia developer... Hang- okay, so the developers Hangar 13, um, and they aren't doing that one anymore. Uh, so the nine re-releases or remakes of these, the four that have been officially announced so far are Grand Theft Auto, the uh, trilogy, the definitive edition, the PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X version of Grand Theft Auto 5. <laughs> They're never going to stop releasing that game. The standalone version of Grand Theft Auto Online and Kerbal Space Program Enhanced Edition. Here's some news for Anthony here. Forza Horizon 5 has become the highest rated new game of 2021 on Metacritic. And I, I only say that, Anthony, because I know you like the racing games. Maybe you do. You used to. When's the last time you played a racing game? <laughs> I, bet it's been, I bet it's been a while. Lies of P has been announced. It's a Souls-like action RPG inspired by Pinocchio. So the, the subtitle on this headline reads, As Pinocchio, players explore the ruined city of Krat and battle twisted automatons. Uh, The title is coming in 2023 for PlayStation 5, PC, and Xbox Series X and S. The Switch, oh, this is what it is. The Switch is at the midpoint of its life cycle. Um, That's coming from Nintendo president Shuntaro Furukawa. And he insists the Switch isn't going away anytime soon, reiterating that it's just halfway through its life cycle. Tiny Tina's Assault on Dragon Keep, a Wonderland's one-shot adventure, has been announced, and it is out now. Uh, and this is a expansion not, <clears throat> not to Tiny Tina's Wonderland, because that's not out yet. It is an expansion to the Borderlands 2 DLC, um, what was it, Assault on, Assault on Dungeon Keep or something like that. Grand Theft Auto 4 Remaster is in development, launching in 2023. That's a rumor. Grand Theft Auto 4 I really liked, but I didn't play much of. I just really liked the aesthetic of it. It just seemed very different from the other Grand Theft Autos. Halo Infinite multiplayer designer joins Respawn Entertainment's Star Wars team. Now, this could be a very good thing. Um, I don't think we have seen... I mean, we've got, yeah, we've got the EA, the Battlefront games. And, of course, Respawn is now under the EA flag. Um, Thank God Apex is doing good because I'd hate for them to kill that developer. Uh, They are, with a Star Wars multiplayer game, with kind of Halo Infinite. But, you know, Halo is so unique. Like, I don't think I want to see a Star Wars game with Halo style mechanics to it anyway um that was halo infinite senior multiplayer designer patrick wren although multiplayer design isn't exclusively uh, tilted toward the gameplay i mean map design is something incredibly important in multiplayer and you could say that halo's maps are some of the best maps in any of the multiplayer games so i don't know we'll we'll have to see how that turns out so fortnite has removed Travis Scott's emote uh, after the concert tragedy. And so if you haven't heard about the concert tragedy, I'm not the best one probably to describe uh, the details, but apparently he was performing at this thing called Astro World. And I don't know if that was like his event or he was just one of the performers 
at the event, much uh, akin to like a, um, a Woodstock or something like that. But he was, they, they crammed in so many damn people in this crowd. It was like shoulder to shoulder people. If they had their arms up, that's where their arms were going to stay. If they had their arms down, it's where their arms were going to stay. It's that's how packed it was. And, um, they had eight people die, whether it was dehydration, whether it was overdosing, I'm not sure entirely. They had over 300 other people who became incapacitated, passed out again because of the heat, because of dehydration, because of drug use, whatever the case. People were standing on people, trampling on people. I saw some horrific firsthand accounts on TikTok of paramedics trying to reach people and, you know, going to get crash bags and on their way to get a crash bag for someone found another person and then pairs of paramedics just splitting off just terrible, terrible things. Eight people dead. Uh, and so Travis Scott, of course, being uh, at least the lead talent in this event, uh, not not stopping the concert after people pleaded for him to stop the concert and the like. So Fortnite is doing their their corporate activism as you know any corporation they don't want to be associated their brand with someone who would allow his fans to be trampled to death and and uh die in the middle of one of his shows so they're removing his emote uh which i don't know if that means they're just removing new people from downloading the emo or if they are removing it from people that have already purchased it. And in, in that case, are these people getting V bucks refunds, which would be the appropriate thing to do. Uh, Todd Howard, he, he had an interview and he had some things to say. He said that uh, Bethesda has ideas for fallout five, but the focus remains on Starfield and elder scrolls six. And I saw someone do the math on this. After this quote, they were talking about, Okay, so what does this mean if they've got a one-pager? Because that's what he said they have. They have a one-pager of ideas for Fallout 5. I've got a one-pager too, Todd. Just give it to Obsidian Studios and let them make Fallout 5. But that's beside the point. They're probably not going to do that. Even though they're all under the Microsoft flag, they still want that Bethesda pedigree to show up on a Fallout game. That's fine. Whatever. But someone was doing the math on this, and they were like, okay, if production time and development time for... Uh, Elder Scrolls six, which is most likely next. We know Starfield's coming out next year. Um, we got at least another three years after that for Elder Scrolls six. Okay. That puts us into 2025. Uh, and then we've got probably at least another three years of development time after that before fallout five gets here. So the er earliest we're looking at for the next fallout game is most likely 2028. Um, I'd be so sad because that's my favorite franchise so far. Who knows, though? Starfield could up in that next year. I'm very excited to see if that's the case. Uh, more Forza Horizon 5 news. It passed 4.5 million players. It is the largest launch day for an Xbox Game Studios title, says Xbox's Phil Spencer. Starfield uh, Bethesda is feeling, quote, confident about the release date. Todd Howard said that as well. Oh, here's one, Anthony. I hope you're listening. This is one for you as well, as well as it is for me, because I'm very excited about this too. The next fight night uh, is in early development, but is, quote, currently on pause. Uh, well, they, they work on another UFC game. So we are having a fight night. It's coming, 
it's on its way, um, but not not just yet. Bethesda Game Studios' passion is behind single-player games. They don't want to rule out multiplayer. They're talking about, you know, games in the future for Bethesda are going to be mostly single-player. There will be multiplayer titles for them, but they kind of botched that. I think with Fallout 76 was kind of their flagship multiplayer title, and it really didn't do them any favors. It did not impress... Uh, a lot of people, and I might yet get into Fallout 76. It's still on Game Pass for me, so yeah. Maybe I'll download it after I'm done recording this podcast. I think I will. I think I will. Steam Deck has been delayed to February 2022, so if any of you are waiting on that Steam Deck to play some of your favorite Steam games, and the Gunk launches on December 16th, uh, the Game Awards 2021 will feature 40 to 50 games, including a lot of content for 2022. And that uh, show is on December 9th. So you can look forward uh, to the Game Awards. And we'll be covering the Game Awards. So you're going to hear from us when we hear what's going on with the Game Awards and the new announcements that come from come from that show. All right. And some news that will really excite my brother, Logan. I hope you're listening. Metroid Prime 1's alleged remaster wrapped up development over this last summer. And so hopefully we get this remaster of Metroid Prime. Uh, it was a it was a fun game. I didn't play it, but I watched my brother play it a lot. And I know a lot of people are looking forward to it, though. Metroid Dread is doing very, very well. And then there's even some contention within the Metroid fan community over Metroid Dread. Is it too much of a Metroid game? Is it too difficult of a Metroid game? Are all of the 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 robots that run around are they are they really ruining kind of the Metroid experience? So it's not just Nintendo cutting cutting back on their production. Sony has reportedly had to cut back on PlayStation 5 production due to the chip shortages as well. Far Cry 6 was the most downloaded PlayStation 5 game in October in 2021 across the U.S. and Canada. Well, funny thing about PlayStation, not about PlayStation 5, about Far Cry 6, and I don't know if I mentioned it last week, but Ubisoft was sending out emails to players who had quit playing Far Cry 6 from... Uh, Giancarlo Esposito's character, the, the El Presidente in that game, sending them out these letters saying, oh, I see you quit. I see you only played an X amount of hours. It would show their playtime in this email. I see you only played three hours of Far Cry 6. Don't worry. The island is in good hands with me, your Presidente. So it's kind of a funny little cheeky way to take advantage of the email, <laughs> the emails that Ubisoft collected there. Playdate has been delayed into 2022. I don't even know if you heard about this. It's like a portable game, uh, portable handheld gaming device. Looks a little bit like a Game Boy, but it's got a crank on the side of it. So you crank it up to play it. Uh, but that's been delayed into 2022. Uh, yeah. Okay. Last one I have, Marvel's Avengers reveals Spider-Man in cinematic trailer. And you guys know how I feel about Spider-Man in that Marvel's Avengers game. It's basically the reason that I did not buy Marvel's Avengers. Um, But I, it's coming to Game Pass, so I may give it a try. 
with or without Spider-Man. So that brings us to upcoming video game releases, or I guess uh, releases that happened yesterday. Let's start with that. So yesterday we got Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic on the Nintendo Switch. Uh, PUBG New State, I believe that's DLC for PUBG. Grand Theft Auto, the trilogy, the definitive edition came out yesterday for this and last generation and on PC and Nintendo Switch. The Elder Scrolls V Skyrim Anniversary Edition came out again on all of the last and current gen consoles and PC. No Nintendo Switch, though. And then coming out today. Shin Megami Tensei 5 on the Nintendo Switch. Okay, let's get to some upcoming games here. Um, what day is it today? It's the 12th today. So let's look at the week of November 15th through the 21st. Sherlock Holmes Chapter 1 is coming out on the current generation PlayStation and Xbox and PC on November 16th. Battlefield 2042 comes out November 19th on everything but the Switch. <laughs> Nerf Legends comes out on everything and the Switch on November 19th. What is this game? It's a shooter. Interesting. Pokemon Brilliant Diamond comes out on November 19th along with its sister, Pokemon Shining Pearl, on November 19th as well. And hell, I'll just give you the two games coming out the week of November 22nd to 28th as well, just in case I do a special episode next week where I don't talk about news, but only about Nintendo. Farming Simulator 22 comes out on November 22nd, uh, and that's coming out on everything but the Switch. And then Death's Door, very highly rated, highly critically rated game uh, with like Zelda-like kind of action uh, features. It's coming out on PlayStation 5 and PlayStation 4 and Nintendo Switch. I don't have a PlayStation 5 and 4, but I do have a Nintendo Switch. So maybe I'll give that a try. That's it for the news desk. Thank you for tuning in for our second episode for today. If you had not already, I released an episode earlier today uh, where I got together with my brother to talk about the Wheel of the Time series. Wheel of the Time. Wheel of Time. <laughs> Is it the Wheel of Time? The Wheel of Time series by Robert Jordan, and the upcoming Amazon series based on the same book series. I don't know why I struggled with that so much, but you know me. I like to struggle with a lot of things. If you'd like to help me out by leaving me a comment, you can do so at CultureJacked on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You can leave me a review on this streaming service or whatever streaming service of your choice. I may not see it unless it's on like Apple or Spotify or one of the big ones. Uh, you can also send us an email at culture.collective.x2 at gmail.com. If there is a game that I missed or you want to hear about or a news uh, uh, headline that really, really you want my opinion on, which I don't know why you would. It's, it's just, I mean, it's just me. And I just, I guess I sometimes think of myself as I'm very in, inconsequential, but maybe I'm consequential to some. Maybe I'm consequential to you. That's it for the Culture Jack News Desk. Thank you for joining us here for the news. Uh, but that's all we've got. We'll see you next week. That wasn't a good closer. Let me try that again. <clears throat> Thanks for joining me here at the Culture Jack News Desk. That's the news, and I'll see you next week.
much better. Nailed it. Wow. Okay.